You're listening to the Organize My Thoughts podcast, where we teach you how to get out of your head so you can execute the vision. I am your host, Kyla Jackson. Let's get started. Hello, family, and welcome back to another episode of the Organize My Thoughts podcast, and happy October. We are settling into the fall months, although here in Maryland, it is still currently like 79 degrees, I believe it was yesterday, which is insane, but fall is here nonetheless, so whip out your candles and your cozy blankets, and it's relaxation time. And so anyway, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about comparison. And when I tell you this is an on-time word, the Holy Spirit gave me an analogy that really had me laughing because it puts so clearly into perspective what it feels like or what the enemy tries to make us feel like when we're dealing with comparison. And so we're going to talk about that in the episode today. This is a video episode, so it is available on YouTube. Um, you can click the link in the show notes to watch the video version. And it also comes with a mini guide that will help you to fight comparison. And it includes scriptures and journal prompts that you can work through. So you can also download that for free um, by clicking the link in the show notes or by clicking the link in the video description on YouTube. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. If you struggle with comparison, no matter how much you try to be happy, sometimes you just get triggered and you've really been trying to overcome it. In this video, we're going to talk about how to overcome comparison biblically. This is something that a lot of Christians don't want to talk about because the enemy is so good at using someone's testimony that should encourage our faith and build our faith to get us to feel like God does not care about us or God has not answered our prayers or even that we're being ignored or that it's easier for the other person. Like so many things can go through your mind and comparison is definitely a weapon of the enemy. And today we're going to talk about how to overcome it. Now, God gave me this really interesting analogy, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show America's Next Top Model. That used to be my favorite show when I was a child. I absolutely loved it for some reason. Even though I never wanted to be a model, I just loved the whole process. And so, you know, if you've seen that show that right as there's an elimination round, there's usually two women who are standing before Tyra at this time. And she does this very dramatic speech where she's like, two of you stand before me, but I only have one photo in my hand. And this photo represents the winner of America's Next Top Model, while the other one has to pack their bags and immediately go home. And sometimes this is how comparison makes us feel. It makes us feel like we're on a TV show called America's Next Blessed. And there's only one photo that God has in his hands and the other one just has to go home and never gets the opportunity to be blessed again. But in reality, it does not work like that. But the enemy is so clever in trying to make us believe that someone else's breakthrough or what God is doing in someone else's life negatively affects us. But the reality is, is there's no shortage of blessings. And hear me out. Nobody wants to be comparing themselves. Sometimes it's just something that suddenly happens, especially if you were in the waiting season as God has promised you something. And it seems like everybody else around you is getting blessed with the very single thing that you have prayed for. And it's in this moment where the spiritual warfare begins to happen and the enemy brings out his greatest weapon against you, which is comparison. 
But the reality is, again, there's no shortage of blessings in the kingdom. What God is doing in someone else's life, he's also doing in yours. And the fact that he would even allow you to encounter a testimony of the very single thing that he promised to do for you, it is an indication of what God is already doing in the area. See, when you come across a testimony that is so similar to yours, it is God's way of saying, hey, this is a reminder of what I'm already doing behind the scenes for you. It is supposed to build your faith. It is supposed to edify you. It's supposed to bring you to a state of praise, right? But the enemy wants you to subtly think, oh, I missed my chance. Oh, God must have forgotten about me, right? Oh, I must have not done something. I must be doing something wrong. And that's why it hasn't happened for me yet. But in reality, the testimony is the evidence, right? It's a reminder of what God is already doing. See, when God speaks to you, when he speaks a promise to you, he's speaking from a finished place. God is not telling you something that has not already been done in the realm of the spirit. By the time that he's told you, it's already been worked out. And now your only job is to walk with him through that process in the natural of coming into agreement with it. Your only job is to come into agreement and be obedient to the instructions that the Lord has given you. That's your only role. And again, comparison is designed to separate you from God. It is a weapon formed against you. Now, we know from scripture that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but it does not mean that the weapons will not form. And so sometimes when the weapon of comparison comes up, we automatically look inward. We think, oh man, why am I feeling this way? I don't necessarily want to feel this way about this particular person. And sometimes the person that you don't even know, the internet is real good for having you comparing your life to someone's life that you don't even know, right? Sometimes we look inward and we say, why am I thinking this, right? And that's a really good question because a lot of times it's not your own thought. Every thought that comes through your mind is not your own. So you have to begin to question when when envy and jealousy comes up, right? Why are those things coming up? It's most likely because the enemy is using the weapon of comparison against you. So instead of beating yourself up and saying, why do I feel like this? You know, or allowing envy and jealousy to rise up, you should be casting it down because the enemy is fighting you. Remember, the enemy is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. And when you're in that waiting season and things have not happened in the timing that you thought they would, and you're experiencing disappointment after disappointment, right? The enemy sees you and he's like, oh, this looks like someone I can devour because they're, they're a little shaky in their trust with God. They're a little easily spooked, right? They're a little easily too disappointed, right? They easily forget what God is doing. They forget the word that God has promised them. So let me come in here. Let me bring some comparison, but let me hide behind their own insecurities. That's what the enemy does. He's going undetected and using comparison as a weapon against you and making you think you're fighting against yourself or even making you think you're fighting against your friend or that person online. But in reality, it has nothing to do with the other person, but it has everything to do with the enemy wanting to steal the word that God has for your life. The word is the evidence of what God is already doing. The word is the proof, right? Faith is the substance of things unseen. And you have faith in what the Lord has said to you in the word of God that he's spoken over your life. And that's what the enemy is trying to steal because the word, the promise is the very thing that you're going to have to hold on to to see it come to pass. But the enemy is so good about distracting us with comparison. So the first thing that you have to believe is that there is no shortage of blessings in the kingdom. 
God doesn't only have two cards and he's saying the other one will have to go home packing and this is the winner. No, he's saying that what I promised you in your life, right? He may have very well promised it to these other people as well. And the fact that you've come across their testimonies is you should be joyful because it's a reminder of what God is already doing. Now, I know it's easier said than done because sometimes, again, that waiting process can be long and it's hard and all of your faith is being tested and all of your trust and everything that you read and studied about God is being put to the test. It's going through the fire and it's hard, especially when you've experienced disappointment after disappointment after disappointment and your expectations haven't been met and it seems like God is silent. But God is speaking from a finished place. There's no shortage of blessings. What God said he will do, it will come to pass. One of my favorite scriptures talks about how even as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens to water the earth, it produces you know, seed for the farmer. So does the word of God come down. So does the word of God come down and accomplish every single thing that he sent it to do. God's word to you, his promise to you is not going to return to him void. I know it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but we specialize in a God who works in the impossible. If it were possible for you, you would just do it on your own. But God sometimes gets you to the place where you have no other options, where it looks like there's going to be no way. And he comes through because remember, the word is not just for you. It's also for him to be glorified. When that word comes to pass and even how you handle the seasons where you're waiting on the word for come to pass should draw people to God. They should say, man, you still have hope. You still have joy. You still have peace of mind. Even though this thing hasn't happened for you, you're still able to celebrate others and be joyful. Even though this thing hasn't happened yet, that is evidence of what God is doing in your heart. And those are the things that draw us closer to God. Those are the things that make people around us be like, something's a little different about you. Like we respond in a different way. So again, There is no shortage of blessings. God is not dangling something in front of your face. He's literally just reminding you of what is already being done. So let your response be joy. One of the tricks of the enemy is to make you feel like your clock has run out, that you've missed your time. And then all of a sudden you go into this mode of like backtracking like, oh man, is it because I did this? Is it because I didn't do this? Is it because this person has something that I don't have, right? You go automatically back into yourself when reality is, Sometimes it's just God's timing. When you've done all that you can do, when you've been obedient, when you've been consistently coming into agreement with what God has promised you and you still haven't seen it yet, it's just a matter of God's timing. You didn't do anything wrong. God is constantly working behind the scenes. When we are sleeping, God is working. When we are crying, God is working. When we aren't even talking to God because we're so disappointed about what hasn't happened yet, God is working. He's never not working. He never sits and like, you know what? He never sits down and says, you know what? I need a break because I've been working too much. Our God does not get tired. Our God is not never working. So remember that your clock is not running out. Even if what the Lord has promised you hasn't happened in the timing that you thought it would, you have to recognize that God exists outside of time. There is no boundary that he cannot move right? We're talking about the Lord who parted the Red Sea, that when all of the Egyptians had the Israelites cornered and there was nowhere for them to go, there was no possibility of escape. God told Moses to part the Red Sea and they walked across on dry land. Are you trying to tell me that God can't make a way of escape for you? Are you trying to tell me that God is limited? There's no way. 
And I know it's hard to hear. And I know you've been hearing messages like this and you're like, I'm so tired of hearing about this. I just want to see the thing. I get it. But until you see it, you have to guard your mind. You have to remind yourself of God's character that he is good. Not only is he Lord, but he is good. And if he is good, that means that every single thing that's happening in your life is working out for your good. Even the things that the enemy is trying to cause delay and disruption, the Lord is turning those things around in your favor. And everything that you've gone through in your waiting season, while you wait on God to do what he said to do, it's not a waste. Right. God is drawing you closer to him. You've probably prayed more than you've ever prayed in your life. You studied more than you ever studied in your life. And it's all brought you closer to God. God is going to do what he promised. So let's talk about some practical strategies to overcome comparison biblically. The first thing that you're going to do is to be honest with yourself and God in prayer. A lot of times when comparison comes up, we don't want to acknowledge it because, you know, we feel like we're not being good Christians by the way that we feel. But your feelings are the very thing that you need to let out with God. God is a safe place and he's not judging you. He wants to help you move through this place. So if you haven't already been honest with God about how you're feeling in regards to comparison, sit down in prayer and do it. Or maybe you can journal it out if you don't necessarily have the words to express how you're feeling. Start writing. The second way that you can overcome comparison biblically is to actively pray for the person that you're comparing yourself to. It doesn't matter whether it's somebody online, whether it's a friend or a family member, whether it's whoever it is, actively pray for that person. Pray that God continues to bless them. Pray that God expands their territory. Pray the things that sometimes hurt, right? The things that you're waiting on, pray for that person to experience them. Because as you're praying for that person, your heart is being transformed, right? You're actively fighting against that weapon of comparison where the enemy is trying to turn you against other people. And you're saying, no, like I'm going to submit myself to the Lord and I'm going to actively pray. Every time you're tempted to compare yourself, pray for that person. It'll make it a habit. It may feel awkward at first. It may feel disingenuous at first. But the more you do it, your heart is going to begin to change. And as your heart begins to change, your actions will change as well. And you won't respond the same way over time. Now, the third thing to overcome comparison is to guard your heart. Sometimes you can be in a very sensitive season and you're not necessarily in a place where you feel like you can handle seeing certain things. It is okay. We are surrounded by so many people's lives on the internet that sometimes it can just be triggering, right? You have to recognize your trigger. Sometimes you got to hit that mute button. You got to hit that mute button and block out anything that's triggering you until you can get to a place where you've acknowledged it and you're healing with God. It doesn't have to be a forever thing and you never have to feel guilty about muting somebody online. Because remember, it's not about that person. What you're doing is you're employing your weapons to fight against the spiritual warfare that's coming against you. And that includes guarding your heart, guarding your eye gate and your ear gate and what you hear until you're in a place where you're stronger with the Lord. The last thing that you can do to overcome comparison is to reach out to that person and let them know how much their journey has inspired you, right? When you're doing these things, you're directly countering the attack of the enemy of comparison by celebrating that person, even when it hurts, right? Because it's not about the person. What you're really fighting is not the person. You're fighting that disappointment feeling that it hasn't happened for you yet. But you don't have to take it out on the the thing or the person that the enemy is trying to use to trigger you, right? Let Take your power back and reach out to that person and say, man, I'm so happy for what God is doing in your life. Let them know how much their journey inspires you and 
in that, you will begin to take that kind of poison uh, root that the enemy is trying to stab in your heart. And if you do those four things continuously, you will see your heart transform and the way that you respond to certain situations will be different. It may not be overnight, but these are some ways that you continue to guard your heart. And the biggest thing is to remind yourself that there's no shortage of blessings in the kingdom of God. When God blesses somebody else, it does not have any effect at all on your blessings. And remind yourself that God is always working. He never forgets not one of his children. Scripture literally says that he holds the entire world in his hand as if it were a grain of sand. He cares about the details, right? No thing is overlooked by God, especially not you who are his child. He's not forgotten about you. Just hold up. So I hope that this was helpful. I will have in the description box um, a link to some scriptures that you can use to really go into prayer and even some questions that you can use to guide yourself out of this place of comparison or jealousy, because this is something that you really want to overcome. Um, and sometimes you just need a blueprint to do so when your emotions are spiraling all over the place. So definitely click the link in the description box to get that worksheet. And I will talk to you guys on the next video.